Michigan criminal defense attorney Bill Amadeo is standing by in cell block S. The jail visit starts now on Shiawassee Radio, live from the Cofield Oil and Propane Studios. The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio. All right, we are live. See? First win. I Thank you, Joe. I, I am Bill Amadeo from... McManus Namadeo and Grable Associates N6, Shiawassee 6. What's up, live audience? The live audience is here at 10.07 a.m. Were you drunk last night? Am I the only one sober on Sunday mornings? My God, I'll tell you. Mm. Alcohol-free for 46 years. (laughs) I don't know. This is all natural. Can you imagine if I drank? And I was talking... And Joe Abera, you could relate to this. Um, was telling Joe Abera, imagine what the lives I'm not presenting, the lost tapes. I mean, holy shit. Because there's some things. Thank you, Mike P. I'm glad Mike's sober. There are some things I can't talk about on the air. And today, we're going to really go up to the line of scrimmage and dance on that line. I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday. <sighs> She's a brilliant person. We were talking about Facebook drama, and it got me thinking about text messages going wrong. And let me be clear, I was in the gym this morning, I was working, I got my scruff look going. There's like no shave here. Um, I'm shamelessly wearing my McMaz Amadeo hoodie, not because I'm trying to plug the firm, but because I have to do a wash. And um, I started thinking about crazy things going on with text messages. and. Was life simpler before the text message and the DM? You ever hear that saying was going to slide to your DMs? Man, I'll tell you. So, I got a text last night. And the text was from somebody from my past. And let me tell you, with these stories, I want to calm some people down and say this. I will never divulge names of anybody that's ever texted me. Well, one of the things I do, out of paranoia, is I save all the texts. And sometimes you can look back at texts and emails and like, holy shit, I was involved in that conversation. And I got the text from this person, and it's like 11 o'clock at night, I'm half asleep. And they scream, you never took me to cell block S! Three exclamation points. Hello? Four exclamation points. Now, you may be wondering, what is cell block S? Well, last night in the jail visit, some people that tuned in noticed, Josh Strickland and Shiawassee Raiders said, here comes Bill Amadeo from cell block S. Now, a couple things come to mind with that. Number one, um, thank you for tuning in. Number two, Jesus. And I gotta ask a question. I understand why people would come to me for criminal law advice. I don't understand why people would come to me for relationship advice because I I guess I'm not great at giving relationship advice. And I usually start the conversation like, you know, you may wanna not take advice from me, but people continue to ask me my thoughts on things. And I try to, like, get away from that conversation, but lately, 
I have provided some insight against my better judgment to other people's relationships, and I will tell you, I'm not the one to ask these things, because what goes on here may not be completely on par with what society considers a good idea. I don't know. Uh, another thing I want to hit before we get into the details. If I post something on social media, it may not be about you, right? But let's, let's be clear on this. If I post a song or a passive-aggressive headline, why do certain people assume it's about them? Number one, that is egotistical as hell. Number two, it's kind of weird. If we date it in 2010, and I posted a statement in 2023, why would you necessarily think it's about you? Wow, it was told to that person in 2010. Anyway, let's talk about etiquette and texting and DMs and emails and phone calls, because I think communication gets overlapped. And what somebody taught me a few years ago, and I don't know if this was a good idea or not, but responding with the word K is much better than not responding at all. So quite often, I will respond K. I'll see you at 5 o'clock to review the discovery. Reply, K. And then sometimes, I don't know, KK, or K with three dots. And people started getting really offended by this, and it comes down to two potential grievances I was going to have. And I try to get better, unless you're in my inner circle. Like, I mean, I'm sure Joe Abera could bury me with some of the things I've said to him. Right, okay, but Josh, is it dismissive? Is saying K dismissive or is it just saying okay? Um... Okay, and okay, okay, see the K thing, right? Holy shit, you guys are feeling me on this, good. Well, I wanna tell you about two potential grievances I had. And the, these grievances taught me a lesson, right? I don't need to, I, I, need, I don't need grievances in my life. And a lot of people threaten you with grievances, they try to get you off cases and this and that. And one of the things I've learned to prevent this added drama in my world is not to respond with what's on my mind. Because sometimes what's on my mind, much like my relationship advice, can be very, you know, dysfunctional. There were two cases about a couple of years ago, and um, and I'm going to read you guys what happened and get your insight on it. Then explain how this all transitioned. There was a prosecutor. And this prosecutor did not like me. We were in two very heated cases, and we were also Facebook friends. And that was weird, because, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I got thousands of Facebook friends, but how many people are really your friends? You know, somebody sends a request, I usually take it. And I have a public profile, so you can post what you want on my page. We'll get into that later. Um, with the wet the Rex B. Martin profile, that's weird, that's Lenaway's version of D. Black, I guess. Get into that later. And this prosecutor would get home from work, and they would always drink a lot after work. And they had a stressful job, and I get it, they were drinking, I'm, I'm always a sober one. 
But what this individual would do is I would post a workout video or I would post a live and they would get really, really personal with things. And they would say, oh, just because he could lift weights doesn't mean he's a good lawyer. Ha ha ha. Or I won this motion against him. Yeah, there you go. A prosecutor winning a motion. That's breaking news. We don't win motions. We win trials. Hello. But with that being said, I was really annoyed. And this guy posted on my page. And I engaged. And he posted one of my workout videos. And he was talking shit. And it was like 2 o'clock on a Sunday. And I responded, it must be wine o'clock. Now, I don't think it's that funny, but wine o'clock, get it? Because he had a real addiction to drinking wine. What I didn't know was that he was having a real battle with alcoholism. And he took that post and sent it into the grievance board and said I was mocking him. So what could I have done better to not push this idiot over the edge. I could have just said K. I could have said nothing. I could have laughed it off. But no, I, I mentioned the wine o'clock and he got hurt. Same area, like two days later, it was a civil lawyer I was dealing with. And by the way, civil litigators, guys, I mean nothing against you. But when a civil lawyer threatens you with sanctions and you are a criminal lawyer, it kind of rubs you the wrong way. I mean, let me tell you, in my world, my people are facing 25 to life. So you sending a passive-aggressive email about, you know, threatening me with a sanction is not going to go over well. This particular lawyer was dating a girl I dated in law school. And he was very clear about that. I am seeing so-and-so. Ha-ha. Okay. I mean, I hope he had a better time with her than I did, because, I mean, she was miserable in law school, but, you know, she was good-looking, so we gave her a pass, and you know how that works, guys. But, um, he kept saying these threatening things, and I'm really tired. I am exhausted, I'm working my ass off, and, you know, I'm known to send emails out at 3.18 in the morning, and I'll do that to let the other side know how crazy and dedicated I am to my work. Then I'll follow up with one at 3.20. Just so you know, I am up working. I didn't set this. I feel better. But this guy, he rubbed me the wrong way. He's talking about the, I guess she was next girlfriend. I'm involved in the civil case. I'm only helping a friend out with the civil case. And the reason I'm helping a friend out is because the person I was helping with the case was getting bullied by him. I said, hey, I need somebody who's not going to get bullied. Okay, I'm here. You put my name on the pleadings, whatever. He sees my name and he's going at it. Now, he's highly insecure about me on this case because I dated his ex. And I realized that there's, like, these different layers in me, right? I mean, there's the intellectual one. There's the work ethic guy. But there's also that inner city ghetto kid. And this guy kind of tapped into all three. And, you know, he sent me this heated message. I'll read it to you. You only know criminal law. You cannot deal with me in court. And by the way, 
your girl cares about me more than she ever cared about you. Ha 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 ha. Well, first of all, she wasn't my girl. Secondly, this had been building up for a while. And he was trying to belittle me. And this guy goes went to an Ivy League school, right? So I kind of got an issue with him already. I want to stick it up his ass. Because anybody that thinks they were smarter than me growing up, I wrote more money, I want to flex on him. And I sent what I thought was a text that I didn't think about it. And this text ended up in a potential grievance. Which got, nothing came of it, but he just rubbed me wrong. And I think it's important to know going into what I'm about to say in this text that the girl he was seeing was his mistress, which, hey dude, I'm not judging. But I'm just saying, I was watching Sopranos, I'm tired, I'm working my ass off. And I responded to his text message. And I said the following. You piece of shit. In Ducktown, they would have beat your ass for existing and done so in front of your mistress, much like Tony did to Zellman in front of Irina. I would love to throw a right hook, and I put parentheses, my only good punch, and landed on your jaw. I'm not one to utilize weapons, but to honor Tony Soprano, I would consider beating you with a belt and watch your mistress cry. I would then pet her on the head as I leave, and she would be thinking about me and I would head home. I may stop for a cherry slurpee after because they are refreshing. After such, I would start researching further on my phone to make you look like an idiot in court. Have a good night. <laughs> I don't know. I think what really put him over the top was, okay, so this guy's crazy. He's about beating me like Tony Soprano did in front of his Russian mistress. He's talking about cherry slurpees. He's going home to work. But this went to a potential grievance. He said I threatened him. What I told him was in my old neighborhood, they would have kicked your ass. I told him I would like to beat his ass for his mistress. And, you know, this got me thinking, I don't want to keep dealing with potential grievances, so I got to be careful what I say in text messages and emails. And I got better. What I've done now is I think before I respond now. I got real careful with that. So I'm going to tell you some of the things that have been sent to me in the last couple of years. And I'm going to tell you my initial response. Then I will tell you what I actually said. And I actually turn to people for advice on this issue, believe it or not. One of the things that has happened is ex-girlfriends or women that were into me or whatever, have feelings for whatever, like to send songs. And what I did with these songs was I created a, um, a playlist on Spotify called my stalker list. When they send these songs, I'm going to tell you what my initial reaction was to this text message. Then I will tell you what I actually stated to them or didn't state to them. And this is where the K thing comes into play hard. The first song I received was Brighter. Brighter is a song by Paramore. And when this individual sent me the song Brighter at 11 o'clock at night, 
I looked it up. Listen to the lyrics. And huh. They understand something. When somebody sends you a song, right? They put some effort into it. You know, they went, they copied the YouTube link, they told about you, they sent the song. So, my initial text to her was, in this song, Haley Williams wrote about a friend who died in a boating accident. What are you trying to say? I responded, K. That didn't go over well. Another song that was sent me was Cold by Crossfade. Now, there's a line in Cold where he says, I ever wanted you to see the screwed up side of me that I keep. And I was going to like, really hit that point home. And I decided not to. Little Red Corvette. Okay, now if you ever listen to the lyrics of Little Red Corvette, I mean, it sounds like he's dating someone who was crazy. Hooking up with guys every weekend, doing this, doing that. And I'm like, I'm not hooking up with anybody. But I'm also thinking, why would you send this song to me? And then it got a little weirder. They start sending partial lyrics to songs. So you gotta look it up. I want to buy you that house on Cookman. Okay, well that's a Gaslight Anthem song. I know that one. And I've started to learn now, do all these are not going to be grievances. Do I respond the way I feel I should respond? Do I not respond at all? So I turn to friends. And when I turn to friends... I turn to younger people. And here's why. Younger people are better with text messages than myself. I mean, I'm in my mid-40s, but there's some young lawyers I trained. So I helped this one win a case. And she says to me, oh my god, B, is there anything I could do for you? I said, actually, I have a request. So I tell them the contents of the text without revealing names. And I told them I replied K. Now let's go back to Josh and Joe I. When I responded K, I thought saying K would be better than saying nothing at all. And this one lawyer who I respect a lot says, oh my God, what the hell's wrong with you, B? Why? Why would you do that? Okay, I don't understand. This is the generational gap, right? You can't send K to somebody. And they went on this whole thing about K is a passive-aggressive thing. When you send K to someone, you're basically telling them to kiss your ass. I thought I was just saying, okay, but no. Ah. So then I'm like, I don't know. If I can't say K, what should I do? And this is, again, why you shouldn't follow my lead on certain things. Because I thought now, well... If I say nothing in response to some of these people, I'm told by the younger generation that's extremely offensive. Now if I say K, it's pissing people off. Alright. So what do I do? I thought I'd make humor of the situation. This did not go over well either. So in my mind, here's what was funny. If they sent you this text, which was revealing, they sent you this thing which is like, ah, oh, I'm pouring my heart out. You don't understand why they're doing it. 
maybe you should respond with something to break the moment. Leave the tension. So, a guy I know, and let me tell you this before I get into this one, people will tell me stuff, and I don't understand why. I mean, I listen well, and I guess, you know, I mean, I, I'm a very good friend, but people who I have passing by relationships with start sharing all sorts of things with me. And this one guy says to me, you know, I was in love with her, she left me, she's going back to her ex, B, I don't know what to do, ha ha ha, and he's laughing like in pain and the crying eyes are coming out. And I realize, okay, if I say K, that's going to hurt. If I say nothing, he needs somebody to talk to. So I start taking, like, you know, pop culture commentaries. And I said to him, well, like Tony Soprano told Zellman, it'll be good to have her off the payroll. This led to an array of really bad comments. Like, what do you mean on the payroll? So, well, you know, she's like a mistress. You're buying her shit. You just, you don't have to do that anymore. So you could save money. Good for you. You're done with her. You don't understand. I care about her. Okay, bye. Another guy sends this message. He's like, I can't make sense of what she's saying to me. And I said, well, it's like that time... Kramer was working for Brand Lehman. He handed in that business report. Nobody understood that either. And I go, ha, ha, ha. And it, it, so now I'm learning that in the politically correct era, you can't even make jokes. So I don't know what to do. I can't say K. They're not getting my pop culture references. And I thought to myself, huh. Well... How can, I don't want to be a prick. I want to be there for these people. My jokes are falling flat. I can't say K and I can't say what's on my mind. Like, what do I do? So, I start thinking to myself, what I should do is say what's on my mind in a limited form. And I tried that. And I saved some text messages here. I'll get your guys' insight on this. And, um... One is from an ex-girlfriend. One is from a friend who's now deceased who was a great person. One is from a co-worker. Okay. Ex-girlfriend sends me a meme. And we had been broken up a long time, right? This is back in the day. And the meme says, never let go of somebody that touches your soul more than your body. And I responded, you never touched my soul, question mark. And that went over really bad. I probably should have just said K. Another one says... My boyfriend has been Googling you and he's really insecure about you. He's pissed off. He knows I've talked to you. What do I do? And I responded, well, why don't you tell me when we were hooking up, I was a nobody. That didn't go over well either. I, and I don't know. Do what I said, K? 
if I would have really responded what was on my mind, like maybe the dude needs a good shrink. I don't know. Danielle Cattery. May she rest in peace. One of my best friends. This is a text message between me and Danielle. Danielle says, how are you defending those pieces of shit? This is not okay, B. And I responded, oh my god, you actually called me B. So doesn't respond. said, K. She goes, you could go to hell, but you were good in court today. So I was just, I can't speak my mind. I'm hurting everyone. Here's another one. B, please call me. It's an emergency. So I call. They don't pick up. They text me back, please, I need to talk to you. I call again. Call me. And I respond, I just did. And they said, why aren't you helping me? And I'm like, well, I just called you several times. You said it was an emergency. And they said, oh my God, text me, thank you. So here's another thing with this generation, the communication gap. Like, is a phone call a bad thing? This person said they were needed to speak to me. I call them. I don't know. It's all very confusing, guys. Anyway, what do we take from today? <laughs> Number one. Never tell somebody that's hooking up with your one of your little school girlfriends that you want to beat their ass and have a slurpee after. Number two. When you send a text message out there, assume it's going to be evidence used against you, so watch your back. Number three. Never just use the word, okay? And number four, we are in such a politically correct society. Anything you say can and will be used against you. So watch your ass. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. You feeling okay? Yeah, I'm good. Seem a little stressed out. Oh, I always am. Alright, live audience is having some stress today. I think I've done more work than you today. I believe so. I was a couple different jails. How about you? He did open the door. He did open the door for a client, so I gotta tell you. That was huge. That was work. He doesn't come in the door if you don't open it. Correct. Both of them. Yeah, too. So you kinda got short change, didn't you? Uh, a little bit. You only got a hundred bucks. You opened two doors. Yeah, so it should be two. I, I owe you money. Yes. No, you can do your... Can I do it live first? Yeah, do then I can pay you? Yep. Okay, good. We're good. Did you see um the social justice credit score by Joe Biden? Oh, you guys follow that one? All right. You're starting to make me dislike Democrats. You know that? It's really weird. The social justice credit score. If you do good things according to the Biden administration, your credit score could get pumped up. Hmm. Can you use good deeds to pay for a mortgage? And who determines what those good deeds are? Right. I mean, yesterday, I, I can't talk about court, but mm-hmm. I, I'd lose points for that one, uh, according to who I would. Let me stop. So, we know some people are watching. Yeah, okay. Anyway, back to the matter at hand, the 10-year chase. <sighs> Let me ask you guys a question. Can somebody change you? What do you think? Can they? Well, you think so? Can you like a girl so much that you change your personality in the quest for her? Is that possible? Or do you are you still the same person you were before the chase? 
Let me tell you about New Jersey, guys. Looking at it broadly, we come in two flavors of men. Number one, if somebody we were really into leaves us, we would either make a move on their best friend or watch a ball game. That's category one. Or category two, the poor bastard that can't give up the chase. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I never fell in the category two, but today we're going to talk about a guy who for 10 years he chased this girl. 10 years! Think about that live audience. Yeah. 10 years! Yeah, My God! And there's an old saying with women. This is what somebody told me. And the guy who told me this was an asshole, but he made a point. No man has ever in the history of the socialization of this Western society been successful with a woman if a woman did not find him attractive first. Now, you can press and you could chase and you could eventually wear her down, I guess. But if she didn't want you initially, you can't really win her over, in this guy's opinion. And let me tell you, this poor bastard, he substantiates what that asshole told me back in the day. And I believe it. So we started working in the casino back in the day. And he was a friend. And he was in love with this girl. Now, here's the thing about this girl. I'm trying to be disrespectful, right? Did you ever see The Wolf of Wall Street? No. All right. There's a scene in The Wolf of Wall Street where this one guy marries the girl that was hooking up with everybody in the office. And nobody understood, like, okay, nothing against her, but she, if you asked her out, she just said yes. It was commonplace. And eventually he kills himself because I believe she cheated on him. But that's just what she did. That's who she was, right? So this girl that he was chasing, nothing against her, but she was hooking up with everybody. But he was infatuated with her. And she wasn't just hooking up with everybody. She would brag about it. I hooked up with so-and-so and this and that. And you're watching him. I mean, we all thought she was pretty. But he is infatuated. That's who she was. Everybody knew it. And, you know, it was one of those things. You look at the poor bastard, like, all right, yeah, I get it. Let's just call her Monica. Monica's cute, but there's other fish in the sea, right? So I come back with the fake name Monica. That's not her real name. Come back from law school. This is a couple years after he met her. And we're at the Brigada one night. This dance club at the Brigada. And I'm in town, like I said, from law school. And I go meet some friends at the club. And I'm not a club person, right? Emily, it really wasn't Monica, but yes. Let fake Monica. And Monica sees me at the club, and we're shooting the breeze. I'm buying them drinks. I'm like the only silver one at the club. And Monica throws me against the wall and kisses me. And here's my friend who just looks like all the energy in the world has been taken away from him. Now, the weird thing about Monica kissing me that night was Monica was dating this other guy who also works in the casino. 
He was much younger than her. He was like a bodybuilder, a steroid guy. And he's pissed off Monica's kissing me. I don't know Monica's with him. I didn't initiate the kiss. And my friend who's in love with Monica is like crying. And I'm sober. Weird night, right? So I drive him home because he's drunk. And I say, well, listen. I understand you like Monica still, but it's been a couple of years now. And you saw her basically attack me. She's dating the other guy. Maybe it's time you pick somebody else. But he is carrying a torch. And things got weirder with this guy. Like, Monica would start dating other guys. And he would become friends with these other guys just to be close to her. Now that's sick, right? Well, if I can't be with Monica, at least I can be friends with the guy who's hooking up with Monica. And he explains to me on the phone one day, and it was like, what's up, Joe? Shy six nails. He called me in law school, and it was like, I don't know, my fourth, fifth term. And, um, because, you know, I, I know she's dating, let's just call him Chris. But I'm going to become friends with Chris so I can be in their same social circle. And I'm like, all right. Now, mind you, you're in law school and you're out of your mind. In a different way, out of my mind. Like, today I'm out of my mind cases, but back then I'm out of my mind studying. And I'm thinking to myself, you're hanging out with Monica's boyfriend to be close to Monica. Okay. Hmm. And I'm trying to understand the rules of evidence for my finals. I'm looking, listen to him, like, you know, dude, when I come home from term break, we really need to have a talk. I'm feeling bad for this guy. This is getting weird, right? Like, this guy is taking desperation to another level. You hung out with her boyfriend to look at her? Are you out of your mind? This is Jersey category two. So, she breaks up with this guy. She's with another guy. And this other guy plays basketball, like in one of those rec leagues. Now, let me tell you about me and my friends. I played a lot of sports growing up. I think baseball, boxing were probably my two best. I sucked at basketball. I was a really lousy basketball player. The only things I did go to basketball was rebound and hustle. But I was like Michael friggin' Jordan compared to this guy. This guy sucked at hoops, right? But because Monica's new boyfriend played basketball, he joins this rec league. <laughs> okay. Hard to believe that this guy who can't jump or run well is playing basketball now. I mean, dude, this is like stalkerish, times ten. But he's hoping and praying that one day. And I mean, I had a talk with him. I'm like, okay, so dude, you're playing basketball now. You became friends with her other ex-boyfriend to be near her. This is just getting weird. But it got weirder. The wedding. Always comes down to a wedding, right? And I, I promise you, I promise you, as we're just about to get, it's going to get weirder. It's going to get deeper. Monica meets the guy she falls head over heels for. And she's going to marry this guy. 
And, um, I, I also feel it's stalking, Emily. I also feel it's desperation. She's getting married. And I'm in town from law school. And he says, hey, me and a couple of guys are going to a wedding. And somebody whose wedding it is. And I'm sitting there like, okay. He goes, will you just come to this party because... You'll know a lot of people there, but you're going to be the only sober one. And I'm like, I'm in from law school, and I'm thinking, okay, I I don't know. We're going to a wedding, but you're going to be shocked to see who it is. So we get to this wedding. And you understand, guys. I'm going to turn break from law school, hang with a few friends. I'm not really close with this guy, but I feel bad. He needs a designated driver. I've always come through as the DD, right? So we go to the wedding, and... She's getting married. And I'm looking at him like, okay, this is getting weird, dude. We're now at Monica's friggin' wedding. We gotta get out of here. This is weird. He goes, I just want to see her be so happy on this day. And I'm like, part of me just wants to like, dude, snap out of it. I like want to like throw like cold water on him and just scream. But we're at the wedding. And I'm like, okay. And him and Monica are hugging as close friends. And I'm thinking to myself, mm. so far this guy has joined unfun basketball leagues to get dunked on in a desperate attempt to impress her, has become friends with her new man to catch a glimpse, and now he's showing up at her wedding. At this point, I'm getting ready for the bar exam, and I'm like, you know, I, I don't talk about this shit anymore. I'm like, you know, dude, seriously, I can introduce you to different people. I mean, I don't know. This is just bad. I mean, because what would you do? I said, well, I mean, back in the day, I would have just dated her best friend or put on a game. And my God, there's got to be a good movie on, right? Pick up a new trade. Get your mind off of Monica. It's not working. <sighs> so, shockingly, the marriage doesn't work out. And Monica is single again. And she's a cocktail waitress. And what he would do at the bar she worked at is every day he would send flowers and candy. Now, <laughs> her friends would be eating the flower, eating the candy, and showing off the flowers and laughing at this poor bastard. But she's rather fond of him, right? I mean, at this point, I mean, this guy is definitely not persistent. And he said to me, in a weird conversation, he's like, "Well, you never get up on law school. I'm not giving up on Monica." How the hell are we comparing? <laughs> This girl and an academic discipline. Yes, I did not give up on law school. But it's not the same thing, dude. Stop. Snap out of it. But he's sending these candy and flowers every day, and he's hoping one day. So one day I'm on the phone with him. 
I am in the midst of studying for the bar, and this is where things get a little odd, odder, Goes, what are you doing? I'm at home studying. What are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm going to a funeral today. It's like, oh man, who died? He goes, oh, it was Monica's cousin. <laughs> You're going to Monica's cousin's funeral. Did you know the cousin? No. You didn't know the cousin. But he read somewhere in an online survey, which could never be wrong, nope. that you get points for going to the funeral. Yes, if you're the boyfriend, if you're the husband, you don't go to a funeral of a girl who's been turning you down for years of her cousin. Are you kidding me? I'm like, dude, this is getting weird. It got weirder. It got weirder. He took a part-time job at the casino she worked at so he could try to see her in the cafeteria on breaks now at this point of the game i don't know if i should call in a wellness check right i mean you've shown up to her wedding you've shown up to funerals for her family you send her gifts which are not being any attention to be reciprocated um you joined basketball leagues. You've hung out with her new boyfriend at the time. And one day it happened. One day. It all came together for him. And they start dating briefly. And I said to him on the phone, he called me, he goes, Oh my God, Monica and I are dating! Because it's so amazing. We have such an intense connection. I'm like, wow. Oh, good for you. At this point, I'm kind of like, I'm in that bad part of my career. Like, you just passed the bar, but the economy sucked, and starting to tutor and stuff. And, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but in some ways, when he called, I felt better about myself at that point. So, you know, my career sucked back then, but at least I'm not chasing this woman around New Jersey. <laughs> you know, so So anyway, I mean, you know, um, yes, Monica did know they were dating, and he was telling me how amazing the physical—that <laughs> was a question. That was good, Emily. Um, he was telling me an amazing physical connection, but she thinks they should just be friends. And I said to him, "So now you're like friends with benefits? Is that what's going on?" He goes, "Well." We have an understanding, B. This will be good. I will only be with her, but she'll be with whoever she wants. Oh, okay. Seems good. Yeah. And at this point, you know, you stop trying to be reasonable with the guy. You're just, at this point, you're just tuning in to see what happens with the show. You know, it's like, oh, all right. He called me one day. At this point, my career had kind of taken off. He says, hey, I, um, I'm in a bad spot, B. What's up? Because I need two grand. I can't even get into it. I'm just in a really bad spot. And two grand would fix my situation. I don't know when I could pay you back, but I really need this two grand. Like, oh, shit. Sure, man. 
with two grand. I mean, we're not that close anymore, but I was cool to when I had nothing, right? So, all right, here's two grand. Hey, um, I wanted to give her money towards her car lease. Been there. <laughs> so, when I he tells me it's for him and he's in trouble, and he eventually tells me it was for her, I'm like, dude, are you out of your mind? And he, and then she told him, well, you can't be friends with him anymore. He don't care about my relationship with you. Dude, Monica, <clears throat> fake Monica, you used this poor bastard for years on end. Now you're using my money for a lease. You're hooking up with other guys and he cannot. And I said to him, well, if she's hooking up with other guys, you can go with other girls. No, no, no. She feels it's better this way. <laughs> him. Jesus. I guess things got really strange for me with this poor bastard when he was telling about their hotels. What do you mean? Do you guys like go to a certain hotel or something? He goes, well... I will rent hotels for her at times, but I can't come over till later. <laughs> so, what I took from that was she would bring a guy she liked to a hotel this poor bastard was paying for, and then he'd come by and they could watch Netflix and talk. Our friendship ended over the money. Um, I didn't care about the two grand. It was more like, dude, what are you doing here? I mean, tell me your kids need braces. Tell me you didn't have insurance. Don't tell me you're giving money to her lease so she can go around town looking up with other guys while you're at home waiting for her to throw you a crumb. My God. And this poor bastard, his, like, work ethic changed. I'd be like, hey, you're picking up this extra shift? Is that what's going on? Well, no, no. I gotta work my schedule around Monica. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Eventually, um, they did end up together. I'm told. I did see on Facebook, he sent me a request, and it was a picture of him and her holding hands, and they were engaged, and I, I, I can't, I can't, I, I'm gonna say something. He sent me this weird request, an email, congratulations on your success, and I want you to know me and her together, and so happy, and in some ways you played a role in this, and I'm like, I, I, I no. I got too many cases. I can't get now. I can't explain more energy on this. I mean, I can't believe I just spent 21 minutes talking about this shit. But I mean, <laughs> it really, the 10 year chase. So, guys, my question for you because I, I really haven't, like, chased somebody for 10 minutes. I just figured if you didn't like me, there, I'll tell you a story. There's a girl in law school, right? This one girl in little school, she, I guess she played hard to get, I don't know. We hung out one time, and she told me I'm really not into you. Oh, okay, no problem. I took her home. Have a good night. 
then she started calling and why don't you call me back? Well, you said you weren't into me. And I told her years later, she hooks me up on Facebook, looks me up. She's like, you know, I liked you. I told you I wasn't into you for a reason. Why don't you reply to my calls? And I said to her, well, when you said you weren't into me, I assumed either you were blind or had mental health issues. Either way, I didn't want to continue. That go over well. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I mean, I mean, I, I can't imagine ten years. This poor bastard, ten years, and this is all the stuff he did to get her. Meanwhile, I'm telling other women, "Wow, well, you must be blind. Have a nice life." I don't know. It's a confidence factor, right? So, two fictitious Monica and fictitious Joe. Not a bearer. <laughs> Can't talk about you, my friend. These are fake names I'm making up. I wish you guys well. I hope things work out. I don't get it. Is anybody worth that kind of chase? And can somebody really change? Because I've saw this woman through her relationships, her marriages, the funerals, the basketball leagues. I've seen this man change and cultivate to try to get any attention from this woman. And I think that's tragic. But I'm category one of those Jersey guys, not category two. Yeah, anything you want to add? No, that's good. I mean, it made sense, right? Yeah. I mean, you could feel the pain of this poor bastard. Is he really happy today? I mean, I guess he got her, but isn't that like winning a Rotten Tomato or something? Like, do you want to eat that? I mean, it's horrible. I, I can't imagine. Like, it's like a guy bragging, I won the lottery and it's $2 because you got, like, the bonus number or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm Dom um, Before I say anything else that's going to offend people, I'm just going to sign off. Thanks for being here. A lot of pressure. All yeah. good stuff. All right. Have a good day, guys. The proceeding was a paid presentation by McManus and Amadeo PLLC. Listeners of this program should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No listener should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information within this program without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Listening to this program using any associated website or related links or resources does not create an attorney-client relationship between the listener and host, contributors, or contributing law firms. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this program are hereby expressly disclaimed. You and your loved ones deserve a criminal defense firm that believes that your life and freedom are worth fighting for. Matt McManus, Bill Amadeo, and the McManus and Amadeo team of attorneys, investigators, and case managers will take the lead with a vast knowledge and legal experience across the state of Michigan to get the best possible result for you. Learn more at McManusAmadeo.com. Schedule a free consultation 24-7 by calling 800-392-7311.